Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you guys for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rota, and I will be your host. And with me, I have uh, Father Ryan Morabitz. How are you doing, Father? I'm doing pretty good today. I, You know, it's been a beautiful week in terms yeah. of the weather. Yeah. I had a buddy here this week with his five-year-old son. They were building a garage with another guy here in Duluth. So his name's Jeremy. Him and I were in seminary together, um, both in Winona and in Rome for three years. Um, he discerned out prior to ordination, and now he's married, lives out in Mott, North Dakota. They have four, four kids. Um, so he came out to help another buddy of ours, and uh, so it was good. He was, he was here for four or five nights, and it was great to catch up with him. He left this morning after Mass. Um, just really good to catch up with a really, really good old friend and uh, just a really solid guy. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, so that's been good this week and uh, went and did my weekly workout this morning with my trainer. That was good to just get some stress out and get the body moving a little bit, which I don't always do other than just kind of running around. So, yeah, yeah that feels good. Yeah, that's good. It is. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, w- it was one of the last couple of days. It's just been very warm, and specifically, I think, like, in my house, we don't have AC, so oh, it just, yeah. uh, I know that it, feeling. it kind of bakes a little bit, yeah. and so I was just like, man, I don't, I don't want to say it's too hot, because it's not, but, man, when it gets to, like, 78 in your room, I'm just like, okay, well, this is going to be rough. I, I, I moved the fan right in front of my face, yeah, <laughs> so that I could, so that I could sleep, but, um, we but did, yeah, we didn't it's, have, it's, it's beautiful out. We didn't have air conditioning growing up, but my mom had this whole system that she was, like, very strict about in terms of, like, at, you know, like, an hour after dark, all the windows get opened, yeah, shades go up, like, the whole house is open up and fans are blowing, right, so mm-hmm. getting that fresh air. The, the coolest is going to be at night, always, no matter what, even if it's hot. Yeah. And then, like, she'd be up early before the sun's up and shutting all the windows, shutting all the shades. Like, the house was dark. Like, we couldn't even turn on lights. Yeah. And it always kept the house, like, at this really steady temperature, you know, that was comfortable. Um, but it was, like, this discipline system <laughs> in the heat of the summer. Now, that lasts for about a week in Ely. But I do yeah. remember those days because we didn't have air. And uh, <laughs> it always worked, though. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... We would always, uh, during the kind of like the, 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 when it got really hot, we would just like basically live in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, we didn't have a basement, so we didn't. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. The basement, that was, that was like the, the, the safe place. place. To go. <laughs> yeah. I love the, I love the warm mornings. I, I love the sunlight in the morning. So the other morning I went out for a walk about quarter after five and it was kind of warm out and the sun was, you know, there was light. Um, and I love the early mornings because they're so quiet and I like mm-hmm. to ease into the day. But I think that's my favorite part about getting to this point in the year is the mornings have light. So when we do the sa- daylight savings thing, I hate yeah. that because yeah. I'd rather have light in the morning, I think, because I'm an early riser. But anyways, so. Yeah. Well, um, uh, do you want to open us in a prayer? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for uh, just your love, your mercy, and uh, persevering with us, Lord. Lord, we know that uh, there's a lot going on in our world today and uh, a lot going on in the church, in our hearts, in our homes. Um, Lord, you know this whole situation with this uh, the COVID pandemic and what it's doing to us and um, how it's impacting us in, in various ways. And uh, Lord, you know our uncertainties and our fears, our um, 
all the different things that are going on in our hearts and minds, but also with, you know, the, the struggle for, for justice and the struggle for what's right and the struggle against um, sin and prejudice in our world. Lord, um, you know these situations as well, and they too add confusion to our hearts and minds. And so we just come to before you today right now and um, place our, our, our trust in you and ask for your peace um, within us. Um, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you stir within us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, your gifts that are within us, that um, they might lead us to the great fruits that you offer um, by acting in your grace and your presence within us. So, uh, Lord God, we just praise and glorify you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as always, Mother Mary, we turn to you who are always in God's presence. And we just, we just turn to you and ask that you intercede for us. We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> anything going on? Well, there's plenty going on. I mean, we're, I think we all know plenty going on in the world and around us. Um, but let's talk this weekend masses. You know, so yeah. we've had um, we we held off another weekend um, just because of what happened with me just being around somebody that had tested positive. Um, funny thing, everybody around this person, we all tested negative. Huh, interesting. I don't know what that says or what that means, um, but it was super interesting. And I wasn't around him a whole lot, and I was around him towards the end, but everybody who was around him prior tested negative too, which is great. Um, just makes you go, hmm. But nonetheless, so we just held off a weekend. And uh, so we've been doing daily masses, and we've had some pretty good attendance and a variety of people coming, you know. Um, I think there's a number of people that have shared with me, Father, I'm just going to come to a weekday mass right now because it's a smaller crowd. Sometimes because of their occupation or their situation or their age or whatever, um, so it will be interesting to see what what we have in store at weekend masses. Um, so we're having a 4 p.m. here as usual. We're going to do a 6 p.m. this Saturday evening, a 6 p.m. down at Holy Family on Saturday. Sunday 9 a.m. at Holy Family, and 11 a.m. here at St. Lawrence. We'll um, live stream the 4 p.m. and the 9 a.m. on Catholic Duluth. So we, we won't live stream all four, um, but we will do a Saturday evening one now, so we'll add that. Um, regular weekend confession times will, will come back into play because we'll be having masses with people. Um, so um, that would be 3 p.m. on Saturday and then 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Um, yeah, so we've got all our protocols set, so people will see that. There'll be um, little handouts that they can take with them that'll be in the pews, um, and there's signs around, and we've got markings on floors and on pews and everything like that. We'll also have ushers and the hand, some of the handmaids around to help out with that kind of stuff. Um, I think the, the big thing in terms of you know weekend masses is just coming and being comfortable. There were some people that came this week during weekday, and they were really nervous because one, they thought it was going to be really complicated and difficult, and it's not. It, there's a lot to it, but it, it's not that difficult. It's pretty easy. It's pretty normal, actually, overall. And also, they were afraid that they would maybe do something wrong and get in trouble or something. And I think they were eased to realize, like, okay, I, it's not like I can really do much wrong or I won't get in trouble or, you know, none of us are going to yell. We'll give direction if we need to. But yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those are the main things going on, I think. Uh, Without getting into many other protocols, we've, we've put those out in so many other ways. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited to have people back, like in actually a larger number. Um, and I keep saying it's okay if you decide that you're not ready. It's okay if you decide you are ready to come back to mass. Um, up to you, you know. And I think you, 
each know your circumstance and your comfortability. So don't feel any pressure. Um, but just make a healthy and good choice for you, both spiritually and physically, you know, in terms of your spiritual and physical health. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would say that that's the, that's what's going on in terms of the parish mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting to, you know, even over the last week, you know, there's been more people kind of popping in and out yeah. and it's just been, it's just, it's been nice to see a little bit more life yeah, coming it's back. Starting to feel a little, little more normal gradually, you know. Yeah. For me, you know, Wednesday I did the noon mass and didn't have a camera on. And that was freeing. Like oh, I I'm sure. Have mass with people and there's not a camera on me. You know, so I've done a few private masses where I've just been by myself. Yeah. But um it was just really nice to have mass with people and not have a camera on me in the church, you know. Cuz the camera thing is it's great and everything, but it honestly it's always in the back of my mind like, you know, is it streaming fine? Can they hear me? You know, all those different things. And I know, you know, we usually have somebody maybe watching it. But when I was by myself, too, I just, that was always in the back of my mind. Like, and, you know, it's it's just a totally different experience. I don't, I don't like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I know it's important, so I'll continue to do it. But it's going to be nice to have some other masses, too, where mm-hmm. don't have to worry about looking at the camera kind of a thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's, um, uh, you know, other than that, too, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Just in the world right now. Yeah. So let's um, talk about that a little bit, huh? Yeah, because I mean, you know, as everybody knows, we're already going through this pandemic and um, kind of dealing with um, the virus, and uh, and I think we you know, we talked kind of last week or maybe maybe even two weeks ago that it was kind of getting to the point where some people like it was kind of starting to get more. I don't even know if I want to say more political, but but just more like people were starting their opinions were getting louder and louder from uh everyone more and more divisive yeah yeah that's uh, a good way to put it and so that like that was kind of already there um then there was a really you know sad news that came out from it was like really was on memorial day yeah i think um when there's a whole situation in minneapolis with george uh, george floyd george floyd yeah and um and yeah so it's, it's it's kind of it's just uh it's just like I, I don't want to say another thing, but it's just like, man, there's always just something that is like, wow, this has been a rough time yeah. right now. And it was so sad to see what happened to, to him, you know, and, and the violence there. Because it definitely does. I mean, if you watch the video, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and super, super sad. And um, so, yeah, you know, and obviously there's a, there's a rightful reaction to that. You know, so to be able to protest and to also cry out once again, like, this has got to stop. And um, it is this reality of both violence, um, prejudice, and racism. We know that it's present in our society. It's present in humanity. And we do need to cry out against it. You know, I know Archbishop Hebda and a bunch of the priests from Minneapolis yesterday joined a bunch of other pastors from the Twin Cities, and they all marched to the to the place where he was killed and um had a prayer service there yesterday you know and peacefully did that you know and Mm -hmm. i I think that that's so important that we do we do cry out and say this isn't right um you know and then and then there's the you know the rioting is a you know to me it's an overreaction and it's you know i don't know that there's many people that would necessarily agree that it's it's the right thing to do it's certainly a way of like getting louder, but it's it's not helpful to me, you know. It doesn't seem to be helpful, and so it's a 
I said something that I think stirs in a lot of our hearts because it's creating a polemic and a greater division amongst people and communities and even families. And so, you know, just praying for peaceful protesting um, that can even be strong protesting. But, yeah, you know, so it's it's really complicated. You know, I I'd share, you know, I I was um, I went down into the protest a little bit the other day. Um, here in Duluth. Yeah, like last weekend, was it? Yeah, or so when they, you know, they had bro- blocked off the interstate. So Peter Brown, who's who's living here for the summer, he's a seminarian, him and I were trying to get on the lake walk. We were going to go for a bike ride. So we were heading down. Well, as we got to the, the can of worms down there and tried to go north on 35, a cop had just pulled up and blocked it off. So I told Peter, I said, oh, the, the protesters are probably blocking the interstate. So we got rode around on Garfield, came around, Tried to get over to Canal Park. Didn't realize the construction on North 35 or the exit on North 35 at Canal Park there. So I turned left. Well, the only thing it'll let you do is go south on 35. So I was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do now. I said, we're going to get stuck in whatever's going on up ahead. So we got down there, and there's an on-ramp um, right by the deck there coming on to 35, which is just before they had it blocked off. Yeah. And there were police officers there, and they routed us up the wrong way, up to whatever that is, whatever city hall's on there. And so we got routed back around, back towards Garfield. So I was like, well, we're going to have to go out, try to get up Masaba maybe to get across over the hill and get down to Lake Walk. But I anyways, I pulled over and said, Peter, let's go just get a feel for you know, the crowd. I'm a curious person, and I've been in a lot of different situations and a lot of different crowds. So, like the crowd and the uncertainty of crowds, and even even crowds you're not familiar with, I'm really comfortable with. So we 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 pulled over and we parked, and um, we walked up the stairs on the footbridge. And Peter kind of went, "Father, I think I'm just going to go back down, and I'll watch from back here." And I was like, "That's okay." I said, "Just call me if you want to leave," you know. So he was a little nervous, which rightfully so, you know. Um, and so I walked down, and I there was protesters up on the on the footbridge, and then there was you know those down on the interstate, and um, it was it was, and I just I had stood around for about a half hour. I was praying Hail Marys, you know, just praying for peace in people's hearts, and that nothing really bad would happen, because there was a few times we it was just like, oh boy, you know, this could go really bad really quick, but it didn't seem to, at least not on the interstate, um, and. Uh, most people up on the footbridge were, I think, more observing. They were probably downtown, but they were up there observing. They, did, yeah. they, they weren't interested in being down there because they certainly could have got down onto the interstate. Um, and it was a lot of young people. It was a lot of teenagers, 20-year-olds, um, you know, I think looking for something to, to stand for. And this is a good thing to stand for, you know, to bring about, you know, greater justice in our society. But to do that in peaceful ways... Um, yeah, so anyways, that's kind of some of the things that I've experienced, and I know everybody's kind of experiencing it on different levels, and we there's a lot of confusion around it, eh? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely, um, this, uh, at least for me, I, I'm experiencing this where, like, one person will say something, and I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe I kind of get where you're coming from, and then someone else will say something like, okay, well, I kind of get that too, like, there's so many different points of view, um, from um, all different like perspectives. Yeah, I think uh, as I watch that, those perspectives and different yeah. points of views, there seems to be a broad middle ground 
with with this. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's the extremes, you know, um, and the extremes end up, you know, seeming or doing very divisive things, you know. Yeah. And then the middle starts to, that broad middle starts to pull out to the the far sides, or there there's a dividing line. And I think if the broad middle of we're all at different points in understanding this and experiencing it and how we need to stand for what's right and against prejudice prejudice and racism. Um, But in what ways do we do that? Uh, I think we all need to kind of come together and I think people are starting to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't see it on the news, but there's people like cleaning up neighborhoods, working together, coming together, both for safety reasons in, in cities and also doing good things like all the pastors in Minneapolis did yesterday. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know how much that's going to make mainstream news, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, I like, I, I saw something where uh, some people were just like, basically, um, kind of like, you have to pick a side. And yeah. It, and, and it was just one of those where it's like, you know what? I don't even know where I'm at. And I was like, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not knowing where I'm at. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, I mean, you know, I mean, let's let's talk about, because there is, like, you got to pick a side. That's yeah. like, we live in this culture of divisions. Like, you have yeah. to be on one side or the other. And, and you, you know, it almost forces people or people feel forced to sort of, um, and obviously the, the George Floyd thing, I, I think the picking a side is probably more along the, the rioting. Yeah. Yep. Not yep. the the peaceful, you know, protests and stuff like that. It's more along what the rioting and the reaction to that and what's causing that and what do you think of that, you know? That that's what I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um that's probably more where there's a force pick side. But even, you know, you think of the face masks, you know, so it's highly recommended that we wear face masks. That's become like this pick a side and stand for it really really strong. And it's kind of like, oof. You know, that's why, I, you know, even with masks, it's like, not you don't need to just do whatever you're comfortable with and be considerate of those around you, depending on your circumstance and situation, you know. Um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that leads us into our topic, though, right? <laughs> this isn't our main topic. But <laughs> no. We figured we'd talk about this a little bit because, you know, I think we're all at different points. So Yeah, and, it, and it, you know, it's something that's going on, and, I mean, everyone's affected with this at some degree. It is, so. yeah. Um, pray folks pray 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 yeah and it, it does lead us a little bit into um, our topic so last week we talked about um, the Holy Spirit you know we talked about Pentecost and uh, and just the Holy Spirit you know that that third person of the Trinity and uh, and so uh, this week we, we kind of want to talk about um, some of the like what the Holy Spirit brings yeah I guess you could say so um, there's you know there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit there's the fruits of the Holy Spirit um, and then there's also, um, these really scary things called charisms, right? Right, Father? Yep. <laughs> so, um. Those are the scary ones. The scary ones, yeah. So, so we're going to talk about, uh, just some of that and, and how we can even, like, apply those to our lives. Um, and even, um, maybe even, like, during this time of uncertainty and, um, with everything that we're experiencing, um, how we can actually use the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how we can actually, um, use what we know to see if the Holy Spirit's were, were moving or That's not. Right. right? Yep. Um, so do you want to kind of give us so, like a little overview? So overview? yeah, so um, if we jump into the catechism, 
um, paragraph 1830 to 32, 1832. Um, this, is at, this is in the third part, Life in Christ, in which it talks about the moral life and virtue, the Ten Commandments, etc. And this is at the end of the section on the virtues. And so it, it has three paragraphs on the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So let's listen to this, and I'll obviously, as usual, stop and probably comment along the way. The moral life of Christians is sustained by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit come from the Holy Spirit dwelling within us by virtue of our baptism. And so with the presence of the Holy Spirit, these gifts are given to sustain us in the moral life of the Christian um, life. These are permanent dispositions which make man docile in following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So there's something that's permanent in us. These gifts don't go away, um, but the question is, is are, we, are we in tune with them, right? Um, you know, I was, a, I was a pretty good runner at one point in my life. I had that gift. That gift is probably still in me, but I have not cooperated with that gift <laughs> in my adult life. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a simple example. So... The seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Okay? Um, they belong in their fullness to Christ, Son of David. They complete and perfect the virtues of those who receive them. Right? So they complete and perfect the virtues of those who receive them. They make the faithful docile in readily obeying divine inspirations. So here's the thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They primarily are for your perfection, your doing good, your living virtuously. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit in, in, in many ways, and not, not completely, so they do allow us to bear witness, but really ultimately they help you to live a virtuous life. So they're a gift for you and your good. Okay? So, and they, here's how we look at them too. There's, there's four that help the way you think. Right? So there are four gifts that influence the intellect. Okay, So that's wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. So those four things, that the Holy Spirit, God himself, wants to help you think well through things. The thoughts that run through your head, the way that you think about things, the way that you process things, um, the, the amount of information, like the Holy Spirit wants us to learn and have information, like, so the Holy Spirit um, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit impact the intellect, our thinking. And then our will, our feeling, and our choosing is impacted by these other three gifts of fear of the Lord, piety, and, and fortitude. So how do we approach these things and how do we approach God? Um, and what, what do we, how do we feel and how do we choose, how do we act um, out of this, and they obviously correlate because you know that influences the intellect, and the intellect influences the will. So there's this working together, and the Holy Spirit wanting to move us toward action. And we have to act and choose and think every day. If we're in tune with these gifts that the Holy of the Holy Spirit within us, it helps us to think and to feel and to act like God. <laughs> and the more that we do that the more that we will experience the next thing, which is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the gifts are really for us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, I think this is something that, I don't know, is it maybe a good, like, um, I guess just, just to see, like, well, what's different between, um, like, gifts or fruits or whatever, but gifts are something that we're, we're all given them 
right through just through like our baptism that's something that we have just like that we get through the holy spirit through that right correct right and we all so like it's not like oh well i have this one but not this one it's like nope you also have that one you might not be inclined with it right now but you have that right that's right yeah the gifts are all given so when we talk about the gifts of the holy spirit we all have them and they're they're for your good um towards virtue virtue is that which moves towards the good right so it's that's what's leading us towards the good ultimately god so if something's virtuous it means it's leading me or it's toward the good it's part of the good the ultimate good who is god yeah um vice leads me away from the good yeah yeah so if the holy spirit wants to help us in our thinking and our acting right and if we if we are in tune with that or we we participate with that and move according to that um we then experience fruits Right? So the Catechism says the fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. So these are the fruits that we get to experience of heaven. So you get to experience, you get little tastes of heaven on earth, right? As you participate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and get to experience both intellectually and emotionally or within the will um, the fruits. So the tradition of the church lists 12 of them. Charity, joy, and this is from Scripture, Galatians chapter 5. Charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, chastity. Yeah. So the, as we participate in these gifts, these are the things that we get to experience. And think about, think about, think about this in terms of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when we have these, there's, we feel right, right, and we actually walk in greater freedom. When we're missing some of these fruits, that means there's something else in us that's opposite of these, and they usually aren't feeling. They don't feel really good, and they don't sit well in our minds, and they cause us anxiety, and they cause us fear, and they cause us hurt, right? Like, that's not eternal glory. That's not what we really are. It's not the fullness of the goodness of what we're made for and, and capable of. So I look at these and think of, like, you know, heaven's going to be great because we're all going to be charitable. We're all going to be joyful. We're going to be peaceful. And talk about, you know, think of, like, I mean, some days it's like, you know, this is hell on earth, everything that's going on. Or we experience things in our personal lives. Like, you feel like it's hell on earth. Well, yeah, it kind of is because you're experiencing some of the fruits of hell, <laughs> Mm-hmm. When you go through some of this, but imagine, right, um, this place where we're all charitable, we're all joyful, we're all peaceful. People have patience. There's kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity, right? Like in all those things, there's actually this beautiful freedom, you know, because we're not being torn down and we're not tearing down others, <laughs> Um, so those fruits of the Spirit are, they get me excited, you know, and I look at the list and I'm like, yep, 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 ooh, no, that one's not maybe in me right now. Yep, yep, no, no, yep, no. <laughs> yep. You know, as I go through the list and they're going to relate to the gifts, so I have to turn back to to say, well, how am I allowing the gift of the Holy Spirit within me to, to move me towards um, greater virtue, greater action towards the good? And as I act in that, I'm going to experience some of these fruits more and more um, then maybe I already am or I'm not. 
Yeah. So I guess maybe just for a little like clarification, how or what what would you say is like a big different like difference between the gifts and the fruits? Because I mean, looking at them, they're really all virtues, right? Yeah, but they're different kinds of of virtue. That's a really good question, Daniel. Because because I, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, think through this a little bit. Because it's like, okay, well, um, it, the the gifts are some are gifts that we've been given, you know, through our baptism by the Holy Spirit, and so all of us have those. But then looking at the fruits, it's like, okay, um, let's here, let's pick one, for instance, like, um, wis- like maybe like wisdom. So you know, if we all have been given wisdom, but then the fruits of the spirit are like patience. So is it, is it like, like we experience patience through like the wisdom or how, I guess, how, how do they correlate and how do they differentiate? Um, maybe the differences between, um, really, uh, action and experience. Sure. So as an analogy, um, kind of looking at my catechism too to kind of like get back to like well let's talk about what virtue is because that leads us back to like okay well what are the virtues and what do we mean when we say virtue and what do we you know mean when we say gift and and fruit but i guess to step back and kind of try to be really practical about it the gifts of the holy spirit end up being what causes us to act thought word deed sure yep you know so in that sense they they lead us you know in being virtuous you know, they're not necessarily virtues in and of themselves, they're gifts. You know, so when we talk about, and they're, they're you know, these are all intermingled in many ways. Because when we talk about the virtues, um, they are that which leads us towards the good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this would be a really interesting topic, I guess, to dig into more. I'm trying to rack my brain just thinking yeah. back to studies and stuff. But I do think when we talk just gifts and fruits... Yeah, the gifts are what cause us, you know, action mm-hmm. in thought, word, and deed. And then how we do that in line with the Holy Spirit, we then, our experience from those actions or the result of those actions are are the fruits. That's maybe how I would. Yeah. So like even in the, in the brief, and if you go to 1833, virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do good. The human virtues are stable dispositions of the intellect and the will that govern our acts, order our passions, and guide our conduct in order with reason and faith, right? So so the virtues are stable dispositions of the intellect and will. So we've talked about that in terms of the gifts, right? That govern our acts, order our passions, and guide our conduct in accord with the reason and faith. They can be grouped around the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Prudence, dispo- yeah, and it goes on. Um it's very, very similar to the gifts, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so I, I guess, I guess I, I don't know if this is like a perfect way of describing it too, but it seems like some of the um, fruits of the spirit are maybe even just like, um, whereas like, uh, like they're minor virtues, where the gifts are like the major virtues. I, I guess I don't know if that. Makes well, but but here's, um, here's, here's where I think we. 
So human virtues. So yeah, this is this is. I think this is going to be right. I don't think any theologians listen to this or any of my buddies <laughs> listen to it. So I'm not going to be too scared here. But I think this is where we, we need to talk is when we look at these human virtues. So there's human virtues. Like everybody has human virtues. Everybody has prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Like on some level or needs to grow in that human virtue. So these are natural dispositions, right? So they're stable dispositions of the intellect and will, right? So... Um, we call those cardinal virtues. They're, they're virtues that everybody has, whether you're baptized or not. That's part of being a human being. Yeah. Okay? Theological virtues dispose Christians to live in a relationship with the Holy Trinity. So the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, right, move us towards God in a sense of our relationship and our, our relationship with God and his relationship with us, Right? So they dispose Christians to live in relationship with the Holy Trinity. They have God for their origin, their motive, and their object. God known by faith, God hoped in and and loved for for his own sake, okay? So, and they inform all the moral virtues and give life to them, okay? So when we talk about virtues, it's, it's these dispositions that we have. The theological ones are given to Christians by their relationship with God. When we get to the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they relate to our action toward and with everything around us. But it's a divine thing. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are beyond the, the cardinal virtues because it's, it's, it's infused grace. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the fruits are the result of that being participated in. I think out loud, so yeah. I, get, I get rambling. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I I, I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Let's talk charisms really quick. Yeah. Because the, the, the thing about the Holy Spirit is, then we talk about charisms, and charisms are unique in this sense that um, we don't all have the same charisms, so they're gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the, the, what distinguishes the charisms in particular, it's for the building up of the church, right? So they're given yeah. for the, the building up of the church. Um, Where are you at in the catechism? Seven ninety nine. So paragraph seven ninety nine says whether extra, excuse me, whether extraordinary or simple and humble, charisms are graces of the Holy Spirit, which directly or indirectly benefit the church, ordered as they are to her building up to the good of man and the needs of the world. So charisms are those things that the Holy Spirit gives or, or sends forth to allow the Christian to build up the body of Christ. So they're directed towards the church here on earth, building up the body of Christ on earth for the good of humanity and the world, everything, you know? Yeah. So charisms are to be accepted with gratitude by the person who receives them. So we all receive different gifts. You know, think of Paul when he talks about we have one body but many parts. Um, and, and by all the members of the church as well. They are a wonderfully rich grace of the apostolic vitality and for the holiness of the entire body of Christ, provided they really are genuine gifts of the Holy Spirit and are used in full conformity with authentic authentic promptings of the Spirit, that is, in keeping with charity and the true measure of all is the true measure of all charisms. Okay. Um you know, and it goes on, it is, it is in this sense that discernment of charisms is also necessary. No charism is exempt from being referred and submitted to the church's shepherds. Their office is not indeed 
to extinguish the spirit, but to test all things and hold fast to what is good, so that all the diverse and complementary charisms work together for the common good. That just tells us, like, okay, you might recognize a, a special gift that you have that's obviously from the grace of your baptism. Um, maybe it's preaching, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's giving, maybe it's serving, um, maybe it's healing, you know. Um, but that has to be discerned by the church. You don't just get to say, well, I've decided this is my charism, and yeah. I, I don't care what anybody else says. So, But these are things that are stirred up in us from the, the graces of our baptism um, that we're called to act on in, in, um, in building up the body of Christ. So like a charism, too, can be the charism of intercession. So some people, they just love praying for others. They naturally want to pray for others. They love prayer chains. And there's there's things that happen when they pray. <laughs> yeah. You then have probably a charism of intercession. And so like as a priest, for instance, if I see that in somebody, I need to support them and, and, and draw that out of, yeah, you you should you should be praying more for others or, or I want to support you in praying for others. So... I want to be able to turn to you and, and get you a list for people to pray for. That's not everybody. And that's the other thing, you know? So, like, when somebody has that kind of a gift or any kind of charism, they can sometimes think, like, well, shouldn't every, everybody has this? Everybody can do this. It's like, no, not everybody can. Not everybody can intercede like you can intercede, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not everybody can preach like you can preach or teach like you can teach or serve the poor like you can serve the poor. Like So we can get caught as Christians going, like, well, everybody should be doing what I'm doing, you know? When we find our charism, we're living in our charism. Well, that's not really directed towards charity. Like you got to step back and live your gift out, even if it's really, really simple. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that this is a really like kind of exciting part of um, like seeing like the Holy Spirit, and 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 I think just for us um, like seeing it like the Holy Spirit work in others um, to be able to kind of see like yeah, like that person has this just gift or like you know. Um, could even look at it as like like a talent like like they, that person can just like like it, it seems effortless that they can just you know like whether it's like preach kind of like you said or like some people are just really good um like teaching like working with kids or um like like to like evangelize like for some people that's easy some other people are like i don't want like i'm i don't want to do that like you know and sometimes it's it um yeah because it it kind of happens like organically right so um, in that sense, too, like if you have a gift maybe for healing, it's like f- for whatever reason, you know, like there's just always sick people that are around you or coming to you. Like they just like, I just felt like I should call you. I don't know why, but I need, uh, can I talk to you about what I'm going through in my illness? Or, you know, you'll be walking down the street and somebody will just randomly stop you and say, will you pray for me because I'm not doing well? You know, yeah. like like it it's random things that kind of pop up that then there's kind of a discernment of the spirit on some levels of like, or you, you just start recognizing like I continually find myself in this particular like role or service. And like, no matter where I go, I get asked or even if it's somebody that doesn't know me, like get asked or to do something or something happens, you know? So it's those weird things like sometimes that happen in an airport, <laughs> yeah. you know, or a random person comes up and starts talking to you about their problems. Well, you might have a gift of, you know, charism towards counsel, you know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, if someone's like, okay, I don't think I have any charisms. And if I do, how would I even know? 
what would you say is a good way for someone to like find their charism? I think to start in the catechism and read a little bit more about charisms and, and look a little bit into the scriptures of where it mentions some of them. Um, off the top of my head, I, it's going to be like Corinthians, Galatians. It's a lot of Paul talking about some of these gifts. It's the one body, many parts. You know, to one is given the gift of administration, yeah. for instance. You know, um, so I, And then you have to study. There's some good Catholic resources out there to study about... Um, your charisms, but to help begin the discernment. Discerning a charism or coming to understand what are what is my charism or what are my charisms is it's a it's a lengthy process. It's not like, you know, because they do have like a, a little thing that you can fill out. Um there's some different organizations and groups, good Catholic groups that kind of like have this thing and it kind of points you in the direction of these might be your charisms. But people will take that sometimes and be like, this is my charism because the test said so. Yeah. Um so like a personality test. Yeah, or like a personality like test, you know. And it's like those kind of tools are more like, no, this is maybe to draw some self-awareness and some, some areas you should be attentive to and to think about and and discern maybe, you know, um, with the spiritual director or priest or something like that um, in, a, in a right way, especially if you feel a sense of God, you know, calling you to something. But it can be as simple as also just recognizing, yeah, I have always been somebody who prays for others. And I've always loved doing it. It always come natural. And I seem to always have people asking me to pray for them. Yeah. And then I go do it. And oftentimes, you know, those, those prayers are, there's concrete or there's, there's, there seems to be some really good answers. Like, well, that, that's a charism for intercession. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's just kind of like, yeah, that's probably my charism or, yeah. you know. Yeah. W- one of my um, favorite, and I, I don't even know if I really I have this one, but there's just like the charism of hospitality. Yeah. And just, just like, um, just kind of just, just like loving people, you know, help, helping people to like feel comfortable and feel welcome and stuff like that. And so that's something if you're like, okay, hey, I think I have this charism of, of hospitality, then, hey, you should be a greeter at mass, you yeah. know, then like to, to kind of once you realize that like, oh, I have this charism, I have this kind of gift. Um, now how can I actually, how can I use that for the kingdom? Yeah. Right. For the building up of the, you know, the kingdom. That's yeah. exactly right. So that's the dynamic there is like, well, how, how is that used in, in the kingdom? Such as being an usher maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do charism retreats. And when you do, I mean, they, they'll read like descriptions of like charisms. It's kind of fun, especially if you're a group of people that know one another, they'll like be reading one, you know, like, okay, the charism of hospitality. They'll read kind of a description, you know, and it's kind of like, well, if you if you tend towards this or you find these things happening in your life, it's funny because, you know, it'll, it'll be like one of these, like everybody at the table just suddenly turns and yeah. will look at, you know, that person. Like, it's just blatantly obvious to everybody else. Yeah. And sometimes not the individual, you know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it is an individual too. It'll be like, yeah, I guess I do see that. And when everybody turns their head and looks at you, yeah, there's a discernment. Like, yeah. everybody sees that in you. Um, there's also times where, like, they might be reading a charism and you're like, ooh, that sounds really great. I want that one. I think that's maybe me. That could be me, but nobody's looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe have to step back and go, oh, I would really love that charism, but maybe I don't have yeah. it. <laughs> it's like the humility of going, dang, that would be a great one, but I also, God's maybe doing something else with me, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, that, I feel that that's like a part of it too. Is kind of having this, uh, um, like, uh, surrender with it, you yeah. know? Because there, there, there's always those times where like, oh, like I kind of want that one, or like this one would be cool, or something like that. But, yeah. Um, 
uh, we can't all have the you know charism right. of of like preaching yep. or, um, and it's, it's oftentimes the charism is going to bring you life. Yeah. Yep. So like if you're trying to force yourself into a you know it's the round peg into a square hole or whatever they uh, yeah whatever however the saying goes sometimes you can be forcing yourself and if it's just draining you and there's no life from it it's probably not your charism you know so if it's like you know i'll, I'll use teaching as an example like okay so the ch- parish has come to you and said would you teach you know the the seventh grade you know religious education class uh, and you get talked into it right for some reason, they asked you, and there are various reasons why maybe the church asked you to teach seventh grade religion, right? You get into it, and you, you're a little uncomfortable, but you get into it, and you, as you go, you suddenly find yourself like, I really look forward to this, and I love this, and boy, the kids seem to be responding, and you know, um, and the kids are getting something out of it. There's fruit from the others other than just for myself, and it becomes life-giving. You probably have a charism towards teaching. If you get into it, and there's a big struggle, it's not going well, the kids are, are miserable and hating it, um, and you can see it and you know it, but you're enjoying the learning, but you just hate the teaching part, or it's it's just draining, you're just completely like bad exhausted, not good exhausted at the end of it. Probably not your charism. Get out of it. Don't do it anymore, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, man, I, because you know some are like, some of the charisms cause like a little more flashiness, so you kind of like, well, I wish I could be like that. Get over it, right? Like you gotta, you gotta go forward towards what what brings you life and energizes you, and kind of like almost naturally you're drawn to, and like you want to do that. That's where you're gonna you're gonna probably discover more of your charism, and it's gonna it can drain you, but it's a good exhausting usually at the end of the day. You know, um, that's the spirit probably more so working in you. It doesn't mean there's not a cross of the charism, but it's um, sort of what's the result of it. So yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I think this is on par to be our longest episode yet. Which yeah, that's a good conversation. <laughs> eh? Oh yeah, for sure. Which isn't bad, but I think just to kind of wrap everything up and maybe tie it all together, because um, we kind of started off talking about everything that's going on in the world and how um, there's can, there's there is just a lot of divisiveness right now in our culture, and um, and so kind of do you want to just wrap us up with talking about how we can use um, kind of the gifts, the fruits, our charisms. Um, to uh, kind of like like lean into those as we live in the world when it's yeah um, divisive. One, go out. I don't go on YouTube or wherever you go for information. Whether it's finding you know more podcasts on this conversation, Catholic podcasts on this conversation in particular, or um, books. If you if you're a reader or you listen to books, or jump into the catechism. So just study because you need to. If you're if you know about them and you have a knowledge of them, you're going to be more attentive to being able to live that out, live these things out, right? Yeah. So it's learning more is one thing, just on a simple. Level. The other thing is is like step back, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to lead you in that situation, and be attentive to the presence of God within you, um, and don't just you know, react to things or like just allow time for God to move your heart and your mind. I said it before, one of my biggest prayers in in my own life of trying to allow the Holy Spirit to move through the gifts and bear the, the fruits and through the charisms that I'm given is to give God permission. So it's being able to stop at moments in the day and say, Lord, I know I'm thinking and feeling and want to act in certain ways. 
I give you permission to, to move my thinking, move my feelings, move my decisions in whatever direction you want, and, and to give God the opportunity and the time and have the humility to, to be willing to have a change of thought, change of heart. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's a big thing that sometimes we don't do. We grind our feet in, you know? Yeah. I think on a practical level, it's just, it's really, it's just doing that. So. Yeah. Thanks, Father. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we hope you're doing well. We're praying for you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will talk to you next week. May God bless you and may Jesus Christ be praised. <laughs>